This is Taiwan Plus on ICRT, your connection to stories that matter. Brought to you by the news team at TaiwanPlus.com. Welcome to Taiwan Plus News. I'm Ian Kavat. In Taiwan, men born after 1994 must serve four months of military conscription. But with the Russian invasion of Ukraine and an aggressive neighbor of its own, Taiwan is considering extending its mandatory military service. Taiwan Plus reporter Bing Wang has more. On high alert, reservists in Taiwan undergo training in a newly intensified program to improve the country's combat readiness. Following Russia's invasion of Ukraine, the government began implementing measures to bolster its defenses. Now the country is debating whether to extend military conscription service from four months to one year. Some Taiwanese are excited about the prospect. But the debate that's been going on for weeks has raised concerns about when a decision will be made. On Thursday, Taiwan's defense minister Chou Guozhen offered an apology for a lack of a concrete timeline. In the last few years, China has stepped up its military pressure on Taiwan through frequent incursions into the country's air defense zone. Beijing has also not ruled out a full-scale invasion. That's despite the fact that the People's Republic of China has never ruled Taiwan. But Russia's invasion of Ukraine has now prompted Taiwan's defense ministry to set up a group to study the tactics behind how a smaller country has managed to resist a much larger and better equipped enemy. Perhaps the group will shed more light on whether increasing the conscription time will make a difference in the country's readiness to defend itself. Chris Ma and Bing Wang for Taiwan Plus. Taiwan's economy minister says that the country's power grid is ready to meet peak demand this summer. That's despite a fire last month at a power plant in northern Taiwan and news that a COVID outbreak has delayed work on a new generator at another plant. Minister Wang Meihua's reassurances follow several blackouts in recent weeks, including a nationwide outage on March 3rd attributed to human error. On Friday, the lights went out in parts of Kaohsiung. This time, a squirrel was declared the culprit. Reactions to the Taiwan government's new rent subsidy initiative are mixed, with many questioning its effectiveness. On Thursday, the government announced a massive increase to its program aimed at helping younger people. Eric Gao reports. Out of reach. With sky-high real estate prices, most people in Taiwan have no real chance of buying their own home and have to rent instead. Taiwan's government announced a massive expansion to its rental subsidy program on Thursday, increasing both the funding available and the number of recipients. However, many people think the program won't be very effective. Aside from the extra paperwork required to be included in the subsidy program, landlords may also be disinclined to take part because of tax reasons. Landlords still have to pay property and land taxes on rental units, which are higher than for primary residences. The real effects of the program will be seen when applications for the subsidies begin in July. Damon Lin and Eric Gao for Taiwan Plus. 
The first of this year's round of civil defence drills kicked off on Thursday in the southern city of Kaohsiung. The exercises test the readiness of local governments to respond to emergencies like natural disasters. This year, for the first time, the drill simulated an attack from China. Members of the public practiced escaping from a plane brought down by a missile. First responders simulated searching for survivors in a collapsed building, while others made emergency repairs to water mains and power lines. Kaohsiung's mayor, Chen Mai said the wartime scenario was included this year because of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Ten more drills will take place around the country from now until June. Chinese and EU leaders hold a virtual summit on Friday, the first between the two powers in nearly two years. The war in Ukraine is expected to top the agenda, but controversies over EU member states developing ties with Taiwan are also expected to hang over discussions. In December last year, Lithuania closed its embassy in Beijing amid worsening relations with China. Many Lithuanian imports have since been blocked from entering China. The EU has since drafted a legal instrument to counter economic coercion from third parties, widely thought to be in response to the Chinese measures. For more on how the discussions will be impacted by the Ukraine war, our reporter James Chater spoke to Max Lin, a political scientist specializing in Chinese-European relations at Taiwan's Donghai University. I won't say it's normal, but the background is very complicated because the Russia, they invade Ukraine makes things become even harder. But for EU, they also need the, you know, the leverage from China because their trade, their domestic market really rely on Chinese cheap products. So they have the room to cooperate, but hardly they cannot, they can have a, I will, I will say the real improvement is hard. And what do you think the prospects are of China and the EU finding common ground on some of the kind of key issues of contention they currently have? And I'm especially thinking here of kind of controversies surrounding Lithuania developing closer ties with Taiwan. Europe, now they see Taiwan as a leverage power. Of course, they don't want Beijing control or, or take over Taiwan, not only just because the, the, the Taiwan, you know, individual issue, but also is involved the South China Sea, the about their free trade. So I think they will try to help Taiwan, and in under the because they always thinking about today Ukraine and the tomorrow maybe Taiwan. Of course, Taiwan is not Ukraine, but they, that will inspire them to think. When they work with China, they will think twice before what they do. So in all, do you think that Europe is, is currently united or divided on its approach to China? Some people, they do mis misunderstand European Union because they are not a country. They are an international organization, the successful regional organization. Of course, how can you expect an organization or union that works not without any different voice? But... In the end, because they have the shared value, they have the same system, they have the same political ideology. So, although consider these differences, but in the end, they will work together. I believe that. 
Taiwan recorded 236 new cases of COVID-19 on Friday. 104 were local infections, a new daily high for 2022. The remaining 132 cases were imported. The latest cases come as Taiwan heads into a long weekend that includes Children's Day and the Tomb Sweeping Festival, when large numbers of people are expected to be on the move. Governments across the world are beginning to ease COVID-19 restrictions or lifting them altogether to get back to the pre-pandemic normal. John Van Trieste has this roundup. After two years of border closures and heavy restrictions, international travel to many parts of the world is about to get much easier. Hong Kong had imposed some of the world's toughest pandemic rules. But from April 1st, quarantine times for vaccinated residents returning from abroad will be shortened to seven days. The city is also preparing to lift a ban on flights from the U.S., U.K. and seven other countries. Japan is considering raising its cap on daily entries from 7,000 to 10,000. This overseas arrival limit currently applies to both foreign and Japanese nationals. Tourism is still off the table, but if the cap is raised, foreign students will get priority as Japan's academic year starts in April. New Zealand is reopening to Australians, a significant step given that around 40% of the country's tourists come from across the Tasman Sea. In short, we're ready to welcome the world back. And today, I can confirm, from 11.59pm, Tuesday 12 April, vaccinated Australians can travel to New Zealand. And from 11.59pm, Sunday the 1st of May, vaccinated travellers from visa waiver countries and those with valid visitor visas can travel to New Zealand. That's in contrast to Malaysia, which is opening up to the world. From April 1st, the Southeast Asian country welcomes all vaccinated visitors without the need to quarantine. Thailand, too, is looking to welcome more tourists. Visitors will need to test negative on arrival with a maximum quarantine of 24 hours until they get a negative result. The United Kingdom, though, is going a step further by scrapping all COVID-related travel restrictions and stopping the use of quarantine hotels. Despite a rising number of COVID cases, the country is leading the push to a return to pre-pandemic life. Klein Wong and John Van Trieste for Taiwan Plus. Thank you for watching Taiwan Plus News. I'm Ian Kavat. For more stories from Taiwan and around the world, please download the Taiwan Plus app. Stay safe and see you next time. Thanks for listening to Taiwan Plus on ICRT. For more great stories from Taiwan and around the world, visit TaiwanPlus.com. Mm-hmm.